Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you've never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 129 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, February the 5th, 2021. My name is still Jeremy Lee. I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Susan LeJudai. We had an amazing show, also known as Sue's Yanks Chick. Had a great show with Sue's. Check it out on the channel, and we will definitely be having her back again in the future. Tomorrow night on Collectible Live, my guest will be ticket collector Burry Klein. We had a great pre-meeting the other day, and I'm really excited about that. We'll go live on the Collectible TV YouTube channel tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next week on the show, our guest will be Nick Sapiro. He's an experienced auction houser and memorabilia expert. All right. I want to shout out to channel supporter Whatnot. Check out their app for group breaks, one-minute auctions, buy it now. It's hosted around the clock by some of the best breakers in the business. I'm planning another one-minute live auction stream myself there in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Also want to shout out the Sport Card Expo, whose first Edmonton show will be April 15th to 17th. And also note that the Toronto show has now been scheduled for June 2nd to 5th. Check that out, sportcardexpo.com. The Mint Collective, March 25th to 27th in Las Vegas. I'm going to be at all these events, everybody. Looking forward to meeting many more of you there. Thank you to all the subscribers, viewers, and podcast listeners. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please go ahead, take a second, and do so. All right, as always, your questions, your comments are in play. Let's get to tonight's guest He's been here before. He's been here a few times. He doesn't need an intro like we usually do, so we will just bring him on. Tim Getch, welcome back to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing on this fine Saturday? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. It's it's good to have you back. Last time you were here, last time you were here was back in April, I believe, of 2021. And uh, we had a good episode. It was the second mm-hmm. one in, in, within a few months. And you've yep. been making a lot of progress through the various challenges, the pandemic challenges, the staffing challenges. And uh, and we had said at that time, and, and I kind of slipped my mind, to be honest, but we had said at that time that, well, listen, because you had said, we're going to be through our shipping backlog by the end of the year. Yep. So I said to you, all right, well, let's get you back by the end yep. of the year and let's see what happened. It's amazing how fast time flies, though, right? <laughs> I mean... Here yeah. we are. We're a year and a month later already, and um, and so we we connected and thought, okay, let's have you back and talk about uh, sort of the progress that's been made. I know you have a lot of customers who, who, um, and to be honest, I can say over the last several months, I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing many more positive messages mm-hmm. out there about ComC, many more happy customers. So I, it's been evident to me that you you guys have made some progress. But I want to hear it from you. I want to hear sort of what you what progress you can you guys have made in terms mm-hmm. of shipping backlog customer service responses these types of things that your customers are intimately involved with so i don't know but before we get into all that you know mm-hmm. before we get into all that let's just let me give you a second look back on 2021 tim what are some of the 
what are some of the maybe lessons that you you took out of 2021 or some of the the knowledge nuggets the key things anything that came out of 2021 that you really you learned and you wanted to put into into process uh, as we move forward yeah it was 2021 we definitely had um a very challenging year we were not prepared for the growth that we saw at the end of 2020 going into 2021 and then obviously having our hands tied behind our back with uh the pandemic just makes everything more challenging so um, we, one of the things that we really learned from and implemented this year, and this goes to us getting caught up on our shipping, is to reflect back on what made us successful to begin with. We had the first several years, very small focused, we were a very small focused team. And as we got bigger and bigger and bigger, things got a lot more complicated. So one of the biggest lessons that we learned uh, early in the year and we implemented in our shipping department was uh, to break the work up into much smaller units and to actually recreate that small team environment to give what we refer to as squads, units of work that they can uh, complete certain tasks end to end without needing too many people involved. The more hands uh, in the kitchen, the more complicated things get. So that's probably the the biggest takeaway is in order to build a scalable system, we have to divide the work up into smaller chunks of work that we can have these smaller squads help with. And then that uh, that allows us to hire and scale to meet the, the demand. Cool. So if you remember going into 2021, I'm thinking about, you know, December of 2020, January 2021, the hobby overall cards were, were going up in value. January was was a, a crazy month, especially mm-hmm. at the end of January in terms of the, the index of the hobby, if you will. And I remember that time we were as a hobby, you know, anyone who comments on the hobby was thinking, what is 2021 going to hold? 2020 was a was a big year overall for values with last dance in the beginning of the pandemic. But then we came, we went into 2021 and people thought, can it, can it be better than 2020? Better. Can it be as crazy as 2020? And it was crazier. It was even crazier. So I guess overall hobby wise, are you, were you surprised by what the hobby experienced in 2021 at all? Yeah, I, I definitely, it, uh, everything skyrocketed faster than I was expecting. And, uh, it really kind of shows how much potential is out there. And for so long, I always looked at things like the amount of money athletes are paid. And then like any one of those athletes could make a significant impact on our market. Like if they just wanted to invest some of their money in cards, it could change the market. And then it turns out athletes aren't the only ones that can pile on and a ton of people joined, including many athletes. And you just see there's limited supply. It may not have seemed like that five years ago, but once people come back to the hobby, once people put real money in, into the hobby, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities. Definitely, hundred percent. It's uh, <laughs> and and so so, considering that twenty twenty one 
exceeded most people's expectations in terms mm-hmm. not not just values but activity MA activity mm-hmm. we fanatics tops yeah. acquired the tops acquisition which wasn't announced till january 3rd but yeah. was all, had obviously been in the works so i guess the the question that i have next is or the thought and i put it out to the chat as well mm-hmm. like are people are you tim the chat guys are you are is everybody are we expecting 2022 to be even crazier than 2021, which was even crazier than 2020? You know, it's really hard to predict because right now I think there's a lot of things in the macro environment that are affecting the trading card industry. Uh, You can see the stock market is incredibly volatile, cryptocurrency, other alternative investments, NFTs, they're seeing wild swings. So it's really hard to predict. There's all sorts of things that could happen with inflation. Um, So, there's things outside of the hobby that are going to have an impact. And on, to, to be honest, some of the things that are really going to have an impact are continued supply chain issues. Like, are the manufacturers going to be able to print the cards? When are they finally going to hit the, the market? And uh, maybe they come out with a product, but it's be after the buzz. They miss the boat. So, like, there's so many different things that are really hard to control right now that could slow down some of the the interest or the demand. It is exciting though to see a, a lot of the companies like us, PSA, others finally being able to start opening back up again. And hopefully we'll see what the, the market looks like when uh, we don't have things kind of stalled out in different parts of the industry. You know, speaking of supply chain, I wonder if we are underestimating, and by we, I mean the hobby narrative, if we're underestimating the impact of the challenges to supply chain. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I had a, there was a comment left on one of the videos on on the, on the my YouTube channel uh, today. Someone uh, mentioned that he worked in the, he works in the printing industry and supply for paper supply yeah. is, uh, it's not just sports cards. It's every, yeah. it's everything. He said, this yeah. is a serious challenge right now. So I wonder if it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better and how mm-hmm. the card companies are going to be able to adapt to that to potentially not being able to put out the amount of cards that they would like to. Yeah, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I don't have a crystal ball with that. Uh, some of the nuances I'm hearing about for the first time too. It, it sounds like there's not just our industry, but a lot of industries are dealing with supply chain stuff that are just like now starting to become visible. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. Well, I tell you what, here, here's here's a plug for Com C. If anybody, if you're looking for cards, you can't find cards to buy. There's always cards available on Com C where you can go and, buy them, right? And we finally have top loaders. We have enough top loaders for we we finally got we had ordered, uh, gosh, it was around the time we were I was on the show last. We ordered a container of top loaders, and we we're supposed to get it in June early june we didn't get it until january oh wow yeah it was supposed to be like less than two months and it took like eight nine months for us to get it yeah well things are just stuck Mm -hmm. on ships across the uh across the ocean so okay well i do want okay so let's let's get into some stuff uh shortly about like you know what progress you guys did make. I think it's interesting to a lot of people. So I want to get into that, but let's just go to the chat, say hello. 
We got Troy here as always. Troy, great to see you. Thanks for joining. Rocco Rosado, a good evening to you. Jake Dahl, Rich Klein. Rich Klein's on the payroll, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Welcome to the show, Rich. Great to see you. Aries, good evening. Lucky K, Jeff McMahon, Josh Packham, Frank Estella, good evening. Michael Foley, how are you doing, my friend? Drew's Cards, Adam Holgate, WNBA is back. That's nice. Jeremy Pringle, Albert Jones, Eric is here. Mike Zier says, Tim, my processing times have improved greatly. I mean, big time. Thank you. That's a very nice comment, Mike mm -hmm. Zier. LA32 says, Tim, kudos to you and the ComC staff for turning things around and running smooth again. We complain and bitch when we have to, when, when we have to, but we have to give credit where it's due. Thank you, LA. WNBA says, Tim looks way less stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I just should give WNBA cards a shout out. I've uh, enjoyed winning a bunch of his auctions on, on eBay. Oh, right. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Josh Packham says, my Black Friday shipment request was shipped within a month, just as promised. Very nice. Johnny F., welcome to the first time live participant. Great to see you. All, he says, don't forget to hit the like button. Always want to say that. Johnny, great. To, I love when someone from, who listens to the pod comes and yeah. pipes in in the chat. Welcome to the show. Todd McDonald, good evening to you. Steve Foley, good evening from South Florida. Jeremy Allen, Jeremy number two is the bomb. Welcome, Jeremy Allen. Albert Jones, good evening from New Brunswick, Canada. T. Jones in the house. Rich Klein says, no way 2022 can be crazier than the past two years. I don't know. I don't know, Rich. I mean, we, we will see. We will see. Chris says, I expect a regression, but who knows? Says they're still overprinting. It's funny when they can't keep it on the shelves, but yet some people think they're still overprinting. It's interesting. Anthony George, much appreciated. Much appreciated. What do we got? Michael Foley, cards will continue to fluctuate. Might see a slowdown at any given time. A player or event can make it skyrocket. Yep. There's truth to that for yep. sure, for sure. J.W. Fulcher says, who would have thought the hobby would be tied to Wall Street? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's, it's economy, right? These, yep. We're not talking about uh, nickels and dimes here. So it, do, it does make sense. Again, Rich says there's no way. Rich, I don't know. I think we have to reassess at the end of this year and see. But uh, time will tell. Time will tell. He says that uh, so much money came into the hobby after that last downturn. Says, in fact, four to five months. In a, about four to five months, a basket Beckett baseball had no arrows because everything went up. Oh, so they didn't want to use all that ink. Supply chain issues, ink issues. Even, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. What is WNBA says? All of my renovations went 30 to 40% over budget. Yeah, that's what's going on right now out there, everybody. That Well, not that it's news that you have to hear here, but that is what is going on. Gaudi Gum, I don't get to watch live very often. I was a critic of ComC last year. Had to hop on to give Tim and his team props for grinding through the year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, the, the comment about stress that came up earlier, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to feel like you're not providing the service level you mm -hmm. want to provide. And and I think it's I think it's fair to say you had that feeling last year. Is that yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, our our mission at ComC is to optimize joy for collectors. And when people put a shipment in or buy cards from us, and it takes us months upon months to get the orders out. That's not bringing people joy. And it, it just tears us up. We tried hard and it took a while, but we finally are now back to a much stronger place. 
So let's get into that right now. Shipping backlog was a big yeah. deal last year. Lots of lots of people were upset with how long it was taking to ship. Yeah. So why don't you just talk us through and let us yeah. know sort of the progress that's been made and where we're at now. Yeah, we were in a really tough spot. Around the time I was here last, I believe our backlog was over six months. That if you put a economy order in the system, it was gonna. We were quoting people that it would, it would take six months for them to get the order, and I don't even know if we were hitting that. Like we we're probably missing that deadline more often than not back then. Uh, I said that by the end of the year we would be caught up on our backlog. Our goal was to get to one month shipping for our, our economy service. And by the time we got to the national, we had all of our express or rushed shipping. That was where we wanted it. It was under a week, but the um, economy was still taking a long time. And then uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we hit that one month goal. In fact, around Christmas time, uh, we were shipping orders on average in about three weeks. So not quite where we were prior to the whole market exploding, but it, it's that's about as good as we can do right now. And uh, unfortunately, we took a step backwards with a combination of an entire week that Seattle was hammered with a snowstorm. We had more than half of our employees couldn't get to, to work. I tried to back up my hill and I couldn't even get my car out of my garage. I tried walking up the hill and literally slid back down the hill. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm staying at home. Um, so that was, we lost a week there. And then obviously with the, the latest, latest variant, uh, we, along with everybody got hammered with that. So right now we're quoting people six weeks to do economy. We're uh, likely right now, if you place an order, I, my bet is you'd get it in about four weeks. Uh, and I think throughout this year, we're going to try to uh, quote people. Our goal is to get down to one month or four weeks. We're going to quote people four weeks, but our goal is going to be to ship them in two to three weeks. Uh, and that's just how the economy shipping will likely work for, for this calendar year. Okay, so that that's a, that's some big improvement then from where we were last time that you were mm -hmm. on the show. Sorry to hear about the setback, but I mean, mm -hmm. there's things going on all over the yeah. place. So it's going to happen. And the new variant, uh, of course, has been sweeping the nation. So, mm -hmm. okay, so let's move on then and talk about uh, customer service and yeah. the response time. Again, yeah. something that I had seen some people complaining about that it was taking a while too long to maybe get responses to emails yeah. and, th and this and that. So why don't you speak to how you guys have progressed in that department? Well, one of the things we learned and we're taking close to heart is the fact that if we tell you we're going to have the order shipped by a certain date, if we don't have it shipped by that date, we owe you a response. And if we don't give you that response, you're going to ask us, you're going to flood us, and we're not going to be able to keep up with the customer service tickets. So having our, our shipping service in a much better state has significantly helped our uh, our customer service team's ability to stay on top of tickets. Um, and then also we just, we hired and we made a dedicated effort to stay on top of tickets. At one point, again, back when things were at their worst, it might've taken a week or two just to get a response from customer service. And uh, I get stats on a regular basis and 
over the, the last couple of weeks, we've been averaging close to one hour response time on tickets. So if you send customer service uh, a, a ticket, an email, within an hour, typically you're gonna have a response from one of our agents. So obviously night and day difference from the time we were last chatting. Okay, well that, that, that's big progress there. And again, I haven't, uh, it's like the, the news wires have gone silent on on Com C lately. I guess you know, complain complaining mm-hmm. when people have something negative, they they they're much louder than when they have something positive. So it's a good thing that we're not hearing anything. Yeah. It's nice to get a few positive yeah. sort of feedbacks in the chat today. So thanks to the people who have put that in there uh, today. I'm gonna go to some more comments, and we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get to the next question. I want to welcome uh, Daniel Rubel to the house. Fire Sports Cards, what's going on? Tampa Home Investors in the house. Good evening. Uh, WNBA wants to know if that's a storm shirt you're wearing, Tim. Yes, it go. is. Yeah. There we go. Hockey guy says tons of supply chains are strained big time. Shipping a container to the U.S. from China has shot up by a crazy amount of money. That combined with port issues on the West Coast is having a big impact. Mm-hmm. Orv in the house. Good evening. Very happy with my recent shipping times and service. Keep up the great work, Tim and team. That's very nice. Very nice. Uh, w, it's thanking you for your business on eBay. <laughs> Rich lets us know we have 24 likes already. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Foul five ball in the house. What is going on? Rusty Staples says, going in the right direction, Tim. Good job. Decoy says, thanks for the order email updates. Don't mind if an economy order gets delayed, but very much appreciate the update. 2022, less product releasing and more newcomers, new more newcomers finding out about taxes. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about people having to pay tax on, on their income. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it, right? <laughs> Uh, Rich, by the way, unlike a few months ago, it's nice not to p- play defense in the chat. Yeah. Fair, fair comment, Rich Klein. Unlike where we were last year, for sure, for sure. Albert Jones says, my last bigger one-card purchase was from Com C. I wonder, Albert, was that on eBay? Javier says, what do we think about NFT cards? No supply chain issues there. I just don't think they're, I just don't think they're called NFT cards. A card is made out of cardboard. They're not cards. They're, they're, they're just NFTs, Javier. Just NFTs. But uh, what do we think about them? I don't know. We'll, I'll start a new channel called NFTs Live, and we can yeah. talk about them there. You, you know, I, I, one of my thoughts on NFTs, you can actually think of trading cards as the original NFTs. Like the concept of an NFT is like, it's an image, basically. You're just like, oh, I own this image or a copy of this image. And that's what invented cards in the first place is this marketing thing that people wanted to collect. So I definitely, the inspiration for NFTs came from the trading card industry. Very, yeah, I mean, some they, as soon as these, uh, as soon as smart contracts were available on the blockchain yep. via Ethereum, it seems to yep. be a, a logical step to move towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lapper says, "Good evening, Tim. What is the discrepancy in shipping times between Canada and the U.S. And should Canadians expect those times to improve to Canada?" Actually, uh, with, with all of the backlog that we had in the past year, I mentioned how how long things were taking. When we had to send it up to Canada, it was even longer. We were having more challenges. The Canadian office had limited uh, capacity. Uh, We had difficulty crossing the border at different times. Right now, things have smoothed out quite a bit. Our Canadian team is doing an awesome job. We doubled the size of the office. Fortunately, the neighboring office became available in the past year. 
We took it, expanded. That allows, allowed us to hire and train more people. And at this point, uh, as we did prior to the, the pandemic, we send trips, uh, a truck up to Canada once a week with all of the orders going to Canadian customers. And then our team in Canada does the final prep work, puts postage, and then sends the the packages out. It was taking them, in some cases, one or two weeks for each truckload to get through it. Now they're getting through it in uh, two days and sometimes as as little as one day. So uh, I believe we're typically going up on a Wednesday and then most packages by Thursday are in the Canadian mail stream. So that's going to give people a way better experience uh, up in Canada. And we expect that to uh, continue. I think throughout this year, continue to improve. We've uh, toyed with the idea of sending two trips a week up to Canada. We'll see. Maybe at some point that'll make sense. Okay. Good. Makes sense to me. Uh, Tampa Home Investor says, "How th- this question is basically about how how do you guys get your honor the eBay requirements for shipping, mm-hmm. and and is that at the cost of the customers on the site itself? We give both eBay and ComC Rushed the same experience. So uh, our economy service is not an option for eBay. That's a separate thing, and it's very popular on ComC." But uh, on eBay, we have to uh, ship a lot faster. They have been very flexible with us during the pandemic. So normally we would have tried to ship within one or two business days. Right now, I believe we're quoting five business days. Whatever we're quoting on eBay, we're doing the same thing with rushed orders on ComC. The same teams work on it that it they get out in basically the same time. So we don't actually separate eBay versus ComC rushed orders. It has to be rushed or express or priority in order to get that um, premium experience on ComC. And uh, if you compare prices, the uh, prices are equivalent on both platforms. Okay, great stuff. If, if anything on ComC, you can get a little better deal as a ComC member, but um, yeah, you're not saving things by ordering on eBay. Okay. Uh, Andrew Mark says, what is in your PC? What, what do you collect, Tim? Oh, I actually, I'm going to show you some of my PC. Oh, I are pulled you? some okay. cards out here just in case that question would be asked. Uh, I am a Let's huge uh, uh, Seattle Storm fan, WNBA fan. So one of my biggest pickups of all time, let's see if I can get it without too much light here. This Try is the gold vinyl Sue Bird. PSA 10, 101. And where did you find it? Where did you find the card? um, I actually found this. uh, The the person who pulled this out of a pack was on a Facebook um, WNBA uh, group. And he mentioned that he got it. I expressed interest. He sent it off to get graded. He got a 10 on it. So I had to pay a premium. I would have taken it raw. But uh, I'm really glad to have that. I, I so I'm a big uh, WNBA fan. Um, I also am a huge Goran Dragic fan. I don't have any Goran Dragic cards here. You can see back there. I've got some Dragic autographs, Dragic signed shoes. Um, I'm also a big Elon Musk and Tesla fan. So I have this. 
Um, a friend of mine I play basketball with, Jason Metcalf, is an artist that does sketch cards. And um, I he did a like a charity auction and offered to do a custom sketch card. So I had him draw this Elon Musk cyber truck. I'm looking forward to getting my cyber truck in probably a couple of years. We'll see when they they're, they're ready to go. But those are just a couple interesting things in my PC. Cool. Oh, that's that's great. Thanks for showing. Mm -hmm. Rich Klein said, I can speak only for me. And for everybody who may not know, Rich Klein does work uh, at or for, I want to say at ComC, but I know he works remotely out of Texas and yeah. you guys are in the, the Northwest. So he says, I can speak only for me, but we've caught up so much in our work that for the first time in two plus years, I'm able to spend some time working on the database and we have others as well. Carson Crew says, I love ComC. I tell our customers to go there all the time before grading. The only site where you can compare all copies available and condition side by side to find the best deal for condition. That's yeah. a good point, actually. I and I like how when you're on when you're on a, a special a certain cards page on the site and you can you can hover over the card and you have those four options mm -hmm. that kind of show up. And one of them is see see the like turn over and it turns mm -hmm. all the cards over, not mm -hmm. just that one. So you get them all at the same time. Uh, Joe Perot says, welcome back, Tim. Com C, back just in time. Jay-Z wants to know, he says, please ask him why closing out or withdrawing my funds is so complicated. It seems like their system for this is specifically designed to keep patrons invested or I guess to leave their money sure. in the system. Sure. Uh, well, it depends how you're trying to cash out. If you're getting a PayPal cash out, it's fairly simple. If you want to get a check, now we have new IRS requirements and that's probably some of the complication he might be referring to. We're actually working on making that uh, a little bit more streamlined. At the moment, you have to set up an appointment with us and we collect all the information we need to for taxes, but we're gonna we're working on something hopefully in the near future that will let you self-administer. So you'll be able to give us the tax information we need so that we can cut you a check or hopefully I'll even offer some other payment options. But right now, the simplest thing is for us to send you money via PayPal. Uh, that said, if you look at our fees, uh, we do charge a cash out fee. We charge a 10% cash out fee. We do want to encourage people to keep their money in the industry. We're here to help people enjoy collecting. And so if you keep your money circulating in the hobby, that helps make a better experience for everybody. But by all means, if you want to cash out, um, we do keep that that 10%. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Robert Gonzalez says, got my cards in. I'm from Puerto Rico. Thanks. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Roy Hobbs says, will Tim ever create a video showing the behind the scenes work at ComC? I can only imagine the logistics involved in tracking all these cards. Uh, that is something that we've considered. Uh, we are more open to it now than we have been in the past, uh, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe there might be something that comes out here in the near future. So here's one. Jeremy Allen uh, says, this is kind of a, there's sort of an insult buried in this comment. He says, when is ComC going to make UXUI a priority? So he's uh, insinuating that it, that it isn't right yeah, now. What well, do you say to that? Um, that's a, a great question. So there's a lot of different things that we can apply our development resources towards. And what most people think of when they think of a website is the UI that they experience, the UX UI that you're experiencing. 
in order for us to actually ship a card and give you a good experience, we have a ton of infrastructure that we have to build. I refer to this as like an iceberg. You only see the top 10%. For every feature that you see on the website, we do at least 10 times as much work to implement behind the scenes to actually give you a good experience. So we haven't been able to make this a priority because we've had to focus the last several years just on the infrastructure to scale so that we can uh, fulfill all of the consignments and the, the shipping that people are giving. That said, it's not forgotten. We are very much due for uh, an update and it is in our, our future plans. Um, I don't know how much we're gonna be able to do other than like beta testing this calendar year, but we are starting to lay the groundwork for doing more UI improvements. That's a, and not just a website. We also know a mobile app is long past due and that's in the same boat. Both the UX and the mobile app will drive more traffic, drive more sales to ComC. Before we do that, we need to be able to fulfill that demand. So that's why we first laid our foundation of being able to scale our workforce. And then now that we feel much better about our ability to scale the workforce, now we can start focusing on driving more traffic, giving a better experience uh, to, to the end user. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on going here. Good evening to Michael Ham. Carson Cruz says, do you guys currently offer any submit to grading options from the site? We don't have anything live. We've been working with graders and we're close to being able to launch those. I don't know the details of when we're going to get the green light to be able to do it, but uh, we hope to offer some options in the near future. Okay. Rich Klein, and he says, I've also heard a lot of positives of people using store credit for eBay auctions. Mm -hmm. I hear some really good deals have been available. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit, I've used that for my, myself. If mm -hmm. I have store credit on, on um, ComC and there's a ComC auction on eBay, that's not a buy it now, it's the mm -hmm. auction. Yeah. I like the, I like the ability to use my ComC store credit and, yeah. and not have to pay the, yeah. the cash out fee and use it as hundred percent value on eBay. So that's, that's a great point that Rich makes. Uh, Mr. Abootman says, hi, Tim, ComC allows me to ship to a Canadian address, but cards coming back to me from the US and get charged duties in advance. Is there any way around this would prefer not using ship my cards? Okay, so I assume he's talking about something that he's consigned, and then he just wants to take it back. And unfortunately, the way our system works, we actually move the inventory all to the US and anything we're sending back to Canada is subject to duties. Um, if there's a significant amount, there probably is some way that we can avoid this. If you are the one that consigned the card with us initially, uh, if it's just a couple of cards, it's not a significant issue, but if there is any anything significant that you're getting hit, um, we can look into some um, alternative. But the the other thing you could try if you're trying to have stuff sent back to you is using ex an express order. An express order, we don't uh, bring it across the border ourselves, so we don't have to pay the duties, but it is on you. 
So then it's your responsibility to make sure that you're filing the correct taxes, paperwork to document. And if you need any proof from us that you are the one that initially consigned the cards to us to begin with, and you're just having them returned, that's probably the easiest workaround. Again, it only makes sense if you're doing a significant volume, but you can use the express option to have us just mail it right to you. Okay, good. Uh, Rubber Side Down says, love seeing the PC cards. Yes, uh, Rich Klein likes up to 43. Thank you, Rich. Albert Jones wants to know, where are your headquarters located in Canada? We are just outside of Vancouver in um, a city called Burnaby. And uh, my buddy Barry helps you out in that office, yes. right? Yes. Right on. Uh, Mr. Abutman says, my biggest pet peeve about ComC is not having an indicator that lets me know who will and will not accept offers. Uh-huh. A lot of steps required to make an offer only to find out the seller is not taking. Uh, that's an interesting uh, idea. We could do something simple to say that someone is not accepting offers. Um it gives people an incentive to accept offers too. Uh, that's a good point. I'll, I'll you make take, sure a that we and, that. take a second. Take a second and make a note. Or well, th- this is probably something that will wait for a UX improvement. We probably aren't going to uh, add anything like that to our existing website. Like I said, we actually want to invest in an entirely like a full website rewrite, and so things like this, these user experience improvements, will likely go into that. Yeah. Okay. Tampa Home says two really important questions. Is there an app or mobile friendly version coming in the works? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a fee that can be paid for better photos, but is this in the works for all cards? Uh, great questions. Actually, there. Um, so, yes, I already commented on uh, the the yeah. website rewrite. It will be a mobile friendly website when we do that. Also, mobile app, those uh, we're mainly right now laying some of the groundwork that is going to be built on top of. Um, it's not visible to you guys, but we're, if you know anything about tech, we're building a bunch of microservices that we're going to then layer all of the um, mobile app and website on top of. And then as far as the photos, we are looking at improving some of our uh, imaging technology. It's not going to be, so the we, we use a variety of different technologies in order to capture images. The photos are, are kind of premium, very tedious. If you look at the photos, you, the best quality photo you can possibly get is of a raw card. If there's any plastic between the lens and the card, it's gonna degrade the quality. So if you look at our the black border, those are raw cards. And because it's a raw card, we have to be very careful. We have to be slow. It's, it's labor intensive, but it gets the best experience. Um, we are working on some other technology so that we can give better images, uh, but at, at scale. Um, so we don't, I don't have anything more to talk about other than it is something that we are looking at um, and we'll see how soon that will be available for all the cards. All right. I'm going to throw this one up. I'm going to just talk through it because uh, Peter collect talks about, you know, maybe adding a filter for player position, but as you mentioned, a whole rewrite. So that would come at that point in time, mm-hmm. rich Klein says as a person who has done database work for two different hobby entities and rich worked uh, with or for Beckett in the past, mm-hmm. the work is just amazing. So that's a nice, mm-hmm. a nice comment there. Jade says first time post. Uh, welcome Jade. Uh, with Starstock, 
stopping raw card intake. Do you think Comp C raw intake will increase? Uh, I imagine some of that is coming our direction for sure. Uh, I think they they came up with some innovative ideas and it is a hard thing to get a company off the ground and to do the business that we're doing. So um, uh, I know they took a good stab at it, but it looks like it, the, the complexity for raw cards was a little bit too much for them to figure out how to do it profitably. Um, we've been doing this now 16 years and uh, we continue to invest in our technology. So we welcome any of that business. So feel free to use use our service. And uh, w- if anything, we're doubling down on, as I, I just mentioned, uh, we're looking at improving our imaging technology and we're looking at scaling our, our service to take on more cards. Okay, good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, J.W. Falcher, related to Starstock, says, did the PWCC and eBay follow to affect your business at all? Um, I haven't paid close enough attention to be able to say if anything was specifically PWCC related. Um, PWCC was in a very different segment of the market than we've been in. And so we did anticipate seeing more high-end cards than we had previously. I haven't like looked at the numbers to see if the timing is correlated, but uh, we, we have seen a lot of uh, larger dollar items that we didn't used to see. But some of that is just like the whole market is more valuable now. So I don't know that it's necessarily PWCC specific. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Rich Klein said, and Rich, I just I just bring this comment up because I don't know who's Jeremy number one and who's Jeremy number two. If somebody could clarify that, I'd appreciate it. Adam Lynn says, one thing I've always wondered is whether does ComC keep store credit balances separate from operating expenses? Yeah. And I think this question is becoming popular right now because yeah. of the Mark's card PSA group submission yeah. uh, debacle. So. Yeah. Great question. As I said earlier, uh, our mission is to optimize joy for collectors. If we ever were in a situation where we couldn't fill cash outs, uh, that's contrary to our mission. We've been doing this for 16 years. We keep meticulous records. We know exactly where everything stands. And so we've never had an issue with being able to fill store credit and we don't anticipate ever being in that situation. All right. Tampa Home Investors gives some advice. He says, never buy ComC cards on eBay unless they're auctions. Go directly to the website, sign in, and you get all the cards cheaper. You can also make offers that way. Now, I got to say, I agree with this. It makes a lot more sense. If I see a card, if I see a ComC card on eBay that is a buy it now, I right away in my head, I know I can just log into my ComC account, find that card and get it for cheaper. And I believe the reason that it's cheaper on your site is because the eBay price builds in the eBay fees. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Simple yeah. as that, really. Yeah. So you want to save eBay fees, buy it from yeah. ComC on the ComC website. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Canadian sports card collector says, love ComC for hockey cards. Lots of good deals from motivated sellers. Put an order in during Christmas with the cheapest shipping, and I've received it already. Well, that's great. And Zegra Trubbish, uh, welcome to the live, says, never watched one of these. I'm in Scotland, can't sleep. But great to see live. Tim is really nice chap who I've had, who I have talked to at shows a few times. Had a ComC account for a long time. Well, welcome to the show, Zegra. 
Trubbish. Okay. Lots of lots of great stuff in the crowd. Rich Klein. Okay, I am number one. Okay, thank you, Rich. I, I'll I, I appreciate that uh, very much, very much. Inglorious, if trying to ship cards home on Com C, does it take a few days to show up as processing? I don't think it does, yeah. does it? Uh, so it, when you're using the economy shipping service, it won't say that we have started processing your order until we we have an internal thing that we call um, printing. It's basically preparing uh, groups of orders that our, our squads are going to work on. And for economy, it usually takes a, it may even take a week or two before it shows up as in process. With rushed orders within one business day, it should show up as uh, in process. But yes, it will take some time until it's assigned to a squad and the squad is going to start preparing the order. All right, good stuff. Mike Zier says, while this show has been on, six more cards dropped on my Com C. I think that means you sold six more cards, Mike. I think that's what we mean by that. Maybe they just got added to his account. So usually around this time of day, whatever work we did, and today's a Saturday, I'm sure a lot of people worked uh, on some of the cards. And at the end of the day, we start depositing them into people's accounts. And so maybe that's what just happened. All right. Uh, Joe Pro says, and we're, we're going to, he said, he's basically asking about the eBay authentication deal and does yeah. it represent an opportunity? We're going to come, we're going to, we have a special topic for that, Joe. So hang tight on that one and everybody else will definitely be talking about that. Rich says it means we processed cards today. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Mike Zero, yep. Added to your account. Right on, right on. And almost at the bottom of the comments until uh, this one right here, a uh, Facebook user says on the eBay thought, I really enjoyed the discounted eBay listings in December and January. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to know back to the progress made in 2021 on shipping mm-hmm. and customer service. So mm-hmm. now that you, now that you have really caught up on these, on mm-hmm. these things, you know, what area and processes are you going to turn your attention yeah. to in 2022? Now I realized and recognize that you're still going to have to put resources and attention to keeping yeah. these mm-hmm. these sort of cadences in place and consistent. But is there anything else between sort of shipping, customer service, listing cards for consigners? And so we have that. And then we have the, the improved user experience in the app. Is there anything else in between there that you guys are going to focus resources on in 2022? Yeah, actually, I alluded to it. We're going to take a lot of what we learned in scaling our our shipping department, and we're going to focus that on the processing side, listing or the the cards that are being consigned. We've already taken the team and divided the team into smaller squads. And actually, one of the things that you're going to actually see here, probably within a matter of days or weeks, is an update to our submission wizard. We're This is gonna help us process cards more efficiently. So one of the things that we're gonna do, when you choose a service level, instead of just saying, I wanna send something through our standard service, or I'm gonna send a bunch of things through select, and then you put all these random things in a box and send it to us with that service level, we're gonna ask that you tell us what type of thing you're gonna put in that. So we don't, we're gonna, here in the near future, not allow you to mix, say, a comic book with trading cards 
or we'll, we'll ask you to separate out graded cards from raw cards. Uh, you can still put them in the same package, but within the package, you're gonna have multiple different batches and they'll be separated. And that's gonna allow us to send those items to a specific squad. And that squad is gonna be optimized for that handling those types of items. Where today uh, we get these mix of items and things have to go to multiple different squads. It slows down the whole processing. So uh, in 2022, we're gonna make a big push on scaling our ability to list cards more efficiently. You've already seen a lot of the times improve. Right now, we're still telling people four months. We're gonna drive that number down. We wanna cut that number in half. Uh, and then we also wanna um, give you tools to make it possible for your items to get in your account even faster. So there will be some additional tips and tricks that we uh, inform you of that can help you send things to us in a way that is easier on our team. And then ultimately those cards have a better chance of getting into your account even earlier. And so that's a, a big push. Just like we spent most of last year scaling our shipping team, we brought, we added a whole new building. Um, now uh, we've taken a lot of stuff that was in our headquarters is that was for shipping that's been moved down to our new building. Um, and then headquarters is focused just on processing cards. So we're rearranging the office here and uh, designing it to be optimized for the cards that people are submitting to us. So that's the area that we're really gonna focus on improving this year. And then again, it's these foundational things. We have to be able to ship cards. We have to be able to list cards. Then we can open up the floodgates and welcome your business. So this year, while our uh, team is optimizing training, um, getting ready to scale, we're also laying down the foundation for services, technology that can scale to meet the demand. And then likely towards the end of this year, you may, as I mentioned earlier, start seeing some, uh, maybe a beta website or a beta mobile app. And then I would anticipate our focus uh, maybe in 2023 is really scaling the business. Again, we got to have the foundation because we don't want what we, we had before where we got hit with more business than we could handle. And I don't care how slick a website or an app looks. If we can't give you the cards, if we can't list your cards, you're going to hate the app. So we have to do the foundational pieces first. We've got shipping under control. We got uh, processing. We're going to make sure that it can handle the increased uh, scale and then uh, make sure our tech, and then we'll give you the amazing experience that's gonna welcome your business. All right, I like it, I like it. I'm gonna keep going through some comments here. Uh, Canadian Card Collector says, Upper Deck EPAC cards can be sent directly to ComC. Have any other companies approached you about the same service? Um, uh, we have talked uh, on and off with, uh, we've actually alluded to, uh, or had conversations with every manufacturer about, hey, we can do this. Different companies have had other initiatives that they're trying to do. Um, uh, we'll see how things pivot. It'll be interesting, especially with uh, Fanatics taking a fresh look at the market, uh, wanting to innovate and do things differently. Maybe there's an opportunity there. Uh, but we've made it clear to all of the manufacturers that uh, we're more than happy to offer similar services for whatever 
is basically cards, singles going directly to consumers. That's our business. That's what we've optimized for. And we welcome helping manufacturers in that process. Okay, good stuff. John Wee says, love the show. Thank you, John. Uh, would be great to connect with Tim and see if ComC would benefit using our center stage app. I'm sure the submission wizard could benefit. But uh, below here, uh, Jeff, I guess some, a, a ComC uh, representative says, send us a message. We'll pass your information along. So that's been handled in the chat. Andrew right. Marks, here's one for you, Tim. He says, will ComC be a first mover and allow trade only, singular multi, or cash and trade? Yeah. This may sidestep the new IRS rules mm -hmm. as it can reduce cash changing hands. Yes. So from day one, we offered store credit as a way for you to buy and then uh, or sell and then use that store credit to buy so that you don't ever have to see the cash. So you, it's not as efficient as a direct swap via a trade, but you can obviously today use the store credit that you earn to go buy other things. And unless you cash it out or until you cash it out, you, you're you not subject to the IRS uh, taxes. So that's in place today. And I am uh, definitely interested in enabling trades as well. That's gonna be part of a future thing again, uh, that would be related to a website rewrite. That's significant functionality. The only things that you're going to see this year on the website are relatively minor changes. For example, the change I mentioned to the submission wizard. Uh, there, there may be some other things that we released that we actually already built previously, but never released. Uh, but in general, we're not trying to make major investments into the current website. Okay. Okay. Adam Lind says, Fanatic seems to intend to operate their own marketplace at some point. Any comment on how you might compete or cooperate with them? Any contact between these organizations? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know what their specific plans are. And um, we've been more than happy to work with any company that's trying to improve the, the trading card industry. Uh, in the past, we worked with Amazon. Obviously, we're a big partner with eBay right now. Uh, if Fanatics created something that we could help out with, we're more than happy to talk. But um, I don't have any insight. I don't know any specific plans. Okay. Okay. Here's a great question from Scott. He says, hi, Tim. I'm assuming that your team has, been dealt, has dealt with burnout over the last two years. How are you handling this to try to prevent burnout from your team? That is a great question. Um, we um, so we definitely I've tried to, especially with our customer service team, have regular meetings with them and express how much I appreciate. So I know appreciation can help with uh, some of the the stress levels. But um, as far as making sure people are taking time off, uh, making sure we're giving people flexible work hours. We're trying to help uh, like people take care of their mental health. Like all these things are super important because any employee that we lose is a major, major setback. We don't, we, we really value the, um, the experience that our employees have. And we want to make sure that our employees can stay here for the long haul. We want people to make a career out of working at ComC. So 
we try very much to be sensitive. We don't try not to push people too hard. I know going into Black Friday, people were working tons of overtime all this summer to try to catch up. People are working tons of overtime. And actually, one of the things that we did between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas is uh, turn off overtime, like go spend time with your families. We encourage people over the holidays to, to, to use their vacation time, take time off. Um, but yeah, we it's important to make sure that people stay healthy. So staying on the topic of people, I want to ask you this. You've obviously grown quite a bit over the last couple of years. And I, I believe you, from the sounds of it, you're continuing to hire. You're building out the teams where you need to add resources. Do you guys, do you at ComC, do you put any special value on candidates that have hobby experience mm -hmm. versus those that say may not have hobby experience? Uh, it's always preferable to have uh, employees that have hobby experience. The knowledge, the experience that they can bring to ComC, regardless of what role they play at ComC, just adds extra benefit. We do have several openings. They're not necessarily published right now. Some of them will be officially added to compc.com slash jobs. But we are always looking for people that want to handle cards. Uh, we have uh, trading card specialists that handle the cards that are being processed. Those are always open. But we are now going to be opening up some more traditional corporate jobs, whether it's account management, um, more managerial positions, um, marketing, tech, there's a variety of different uh, jobs that we're actually going to be able to hire people that can work remote as well. So physical handling of cards obviously has to be either here or up in Canada, here being the Seattle area. Um, but there are a lot of other related jobs, even um, if you just like Rich works remotely and helps with a lot of our database stuff, making sure our catalog uh, is fully populated and, and clean. There's a variety of jobs like that that we're also going to be adding here in the near future. Um, so lots of different things. If you are interested in joining ComC, send your resume to hr at comc.com. We don't have to have a position open. You can send your resume, tell us what you can do, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to find an opportunity for you. Okay, good, good stuff, man. I, I appreciate that. And uh, there we go, soliciting for employees uh, during an episode of Sports Cards Live. No, can't do much better than that. All right, uh, T. Jones has says serious question: Why are the shipping costs high relative to the volume you're doing? So, yeah, I'll I'll let you take it away. But I just yeah. I wonder how how T. knows what volume you're doing. I'm not sure where if that came up um, earlier. I missed it. Well, so if you look at our economy shipping, we are we start with a five dollar base fee, and then the per item fee is hidden to buyers, but technically we're charging twenty five cents. It, usually, that's collected at the time of sale. That fee has not changed in fifteen years. That is a loss leader. We do not make money at twenty five cents. Um, so you you're not going to get cheaper shipping than that. It like especially with the um, the state of the labor industry and supply chains, everything else like that's an insanely cheap uh, price. 
for rush shipping right now, we're charging 50 cents extra per card for us to rush the card out. Uh, right now it's because labor is at a premium and hopefully as maybe the economy uh, straightens out a little bit as we're able to more consistently uh, staff, then uh, I hope that we can decrease that price for rush shipping. But even the economy shipping, we're trying to improve those times so that it's a better experience. Uh, but th there's probably going to be some sweet spot in between kind of the rushed price and the economy service. So maybe we can do something better there. I don't have any uh, specifics about when that might happen, but I would love to see us uh, offer a service faster than our economy service and cheaper than our rush service. Yeah, yeah. Jahan says, I need a job in this hobby to fund my hobby. It's getting yes. insane. I, yes. I hear I hear that. Jim Goodfellas, uh, hello, friends. Always like to watch when uh, he's on here, being you, Tim. Well, mm -hmm. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Uh, Scott says, Jeremy, you need to get a kickback from Tim if he hires anyone from this show. <laughs> I'm not a recruiting agency, but hey, let me know, Tim. I'll shoot you in. We, no problem. So to be fair, we do usually have a referral program so uh, we actually usually give people like store credit for sending us uh hires so so if anyone does apply let them know you heard about the opening on sports cards yes. live and if i if i see something hit my store credit but don't worry tim first first one's on me all right <laughs> <laughs> okay um i wanted to go down there's a comment here that i wanted to bring up uh, right here, Mr. Abootman says, Tim, have you ever considered partnering with Card Ladder to overlay their sales data? Would love to see some sort of integration. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Uh, that's not the first time someone has pitched that. Uh, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, I'm open to something like that. That's, again, something that we wouldn't likely do with the current version of our website, but that very likely could fit nicely into future website plans right on good stuff good stuff and good evening to you chad shipper everybody uh if you are ever in the uh florida area make sure you check out the lazy flamingo restaurant where chad shipper uh gms and we'll get to more of that maybe later tonight okay uh sean rob this is this is a question that sean puts up he says will there be an opportunity to purchase private shares of com c one day and the reason i bring this up now is because I was going to ask you, Tim, with all the action, all the M&A yeah. activity that's going on. I mean, last time you were on, you said that, that you know, you're not for sale. Mm -hmm. Maybe you think about it at $100 million. And I know you. it's like you were just putting out like the not for sale price. You do that <laughs> with cards sometimes. Like, listen, it's not for sale, but if you want to pay me this much, mm -hmm. I might let it go. But it's really not for sale. So please don't say you'll take it. But uh, I feel like you're that way with, with, with this company, which is your baby. Um, but that said, there's mm -hmm. lots of activity, lots mm -hmm. of, lots of M&A sort of, I, I, I mean, I'm speculating that there's lots of M&A activity going on sort of under, under the, un yeah. under the whatever right now people aren't, you know, it, it's being on the down low. There's just, Hey, all of a sudden fanatics bought tops and there was very little leak if any of that. So there mm -hmm. are definitely other negotiations and discussions going on. My question is mm -hmm. somewhat related to Sean's question is. Are you being targeted still? Are you being targeted for a for a buyout for as and as an acquisition to partner up to take on investments? Sort of what's what's the activity been like for you on that uh, on that level? Well, over the years we've 
had a lot of consistent interest in COMC. And in the last couple of years, that interest has definitely increased. Um, one of the things that we learned over the last two years, growing, we tripled the company or more in two years. That is very painful being a bootstrapped company. It was, uh, it would have been nice to have uh, investors that could help like pony up and, and, and speed up the process and help us with different things. So one of the things uh, I mentioned this, this year, we've had to talk like maybe this year can't be quite as crazy as the last couple of years. Yeah, it might slow down, but it's still going to grow faster than it used to, faster than uh, before 2020. And that's where we're starting to see that um, the growth that we're projecting in the future, long-term growth, is at a much faster pace than we had done. We 10 x from 2010 to 2020. We took our time. We were, um, we've been bootstrapped this whole time. And that was a pace that we felt comfortable with. Since 2020 to now, this has been breakneck pace. And so now we are very, um, looking to be very strategic with future growth opportunities. We know we need to scale up our business. I've laid out some of the plans that we're, we're, we have in the works, but that's just like, this year, next year. Beyond that, there's a lot more that the industry is going to need from us. And we're open to a variety of different ways of making that happen. As a collector, as someone who really appreciates every single one of our customers, I hope that someday our customers can have equity in ComC. I'd rather that than some random investment banker, like a hedge fund, whatever. Like that's, um, I, I would prefer that we be able to let each of our customers uh, enjoy our the upside potential. Um, but the specifics of how that happens, when it happens, uh, I don't know, but that's my heart. That's where I hope that we can be. All right, good, good stuff, good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna switch it up now and uh, let's let's talk about some hobby stuff. And uh, actually, we'll kick it off with T Dot's comment right here, where he says, "Do you feel grading will always have a human element?" Now, there's a lot of discussion in the chat. That's that's uh, uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh -oh. flashing on on your side of the screen there. I don't know if that's just me or everyone can see that, but we'll just talk through it. So. Um, Oh, we lost him. We lost him. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Tim, I don't know if you can see me or hear me, but I'm going, you're going to have to come back in. One sec, everybody. One sec, everybody. Let's, uh, let's let Tim come back in here shortly. Hopefully, we don't have to wait too long for him. But uh, TDOT, your question. And, and I see Rich mentions it below where Rich says that, you know, there will always be some level of human interaction with grading, if not because somebody has to slab it. But even Rich, I wonder if that could be uh, done by robotics at some point, uh, you know, without doing any damage to, to cards. That would definitely be be interesting. But Tim, what are your thoughts on, on grading and the potential for there to be 
mm-hmm. um, AI grading? There's certain parts of grading that could definitely be assisted by AI. Things like centering. Obviously, I think uh, AI could do a better job than humans. Uh, but there's a lot of parts of grading that are very subjective. And I don't think AI is uh, really that close to being able to uh, like figure out eye appeal or uh, even some of the things like notches or differentiating between parts of a design versus a flaw on the card. There's also a lot of things that are really hard to see uh, digitally, but it's easy to see when it's in your hand. So for example, um, if there's a, a light crease, if you get the light on it just right, you can see that you have to give that data to a computer in order for the computer to see that. So you would have to like have almost like a video of the card and, and it, some of it is possible, but it's probably not right around the corner. At this point, I think it's going to be AI assisting humans just to help speed up the process. Um, but I, I doubt that it's going to be able to be fully automated in, I don't know, I'll say this decade. Okay. Could definitely, definitely mm-hmm. could be. I, I've heard of some things that are uh, in the works out there with in, mm-hmm. in, in our, uh, in our space and uh, time will tell what, uh, what comes through and, and, and can really uh, gain market share and, mm-hmm. And, and maybe disrupt a little bit. So mm-hmm. we, we will see for sure. Let's talk about eBay and their new authentication process policy service that they've initiated here, where any raw card valued at over $750 mm-hmm. is now being authenticated, I believe, through a partnership with CSG. I think it's CSG. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question for you is, how does, what do you think, what do you think of this? Do you think that it's going to, how, first of all, how does it impact your co- or ComC's auctions on eBay? And what do you think of this uh, this new uh, this new process that they've rolled out here or service, let's say, that for now is a free service, but mm-hmm. when they announce it, they did say, you know, for a limited time. So there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be a fee associated. But can you just sort of speak mm-hmm. generally about your thought, your, on your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. on this new uh, service that they're offering? Well, I think it, it's an uh, important service to offer because the industry has changed significantly over the last couple of years. Things are selling for a lot more. It's attracted more nefarious characters. So it's I think it's great that they've stepped up and they've tried to help clean up the, the trading card space and make it safe for people that are going to spend a lot of hard-earned money on these auctions. Or, or fixed price listings for that matter. Uh, for us, it actually has been fairly simple to integrate. We are already using their global shipping program for people that bought outside of the country. So the, the way they seem to have implemented is really just to tell us, hey, don't ship directly to the customer, ship to this address instead. They're gonna do the authentication and then send it on its way. So they've Uh, It seems pretty, there's probably some uh, kinks they're working through, but for the most part, it's worked. I I did notice when they launched it, because there was a tweak that we had to change in our API integration, but we got that working within a day or so and and sent off our first cards through that service. So I I think it's a good value add. Yeah. Okay. And so um, how are your eBay auctions going lately? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, our e-buy auctions are great. The We did an experiment over December and January where we actually allow people to just pay 50 cents and then we didn't charge the $3.50 minimum. Um, that allowed us to see a variety of new things get listed on eBay. Uh, we're learning from that. We turned that off or it kind of expired on uh, February 1st. So at the moment, the only way you can get stuff on eBay auctions is to upgrade it to elite. Uh, it costs $2 unless your item is already elite. And then again, we're still not charging the $3.50 for, for those. So it's still better than it was before. By all means, use that service for any of the cards on CompC that we consider elite. Um, regarding the authentication service, one of the things that we actually like about it is it helps limit any potential returns. So uh, over the years, we've had a variety of expensive cards. Uh, people take possession and then decide they want to cancel it. Now going through this authentication service, it's an extra vote of confidence and helps uh, limit some of that. So it, I think we're going to start seeing a better experience from our side and from the customer uh, using that, that service. We're going to continue to look at the data, how the auctions were used, how having thousands of auctions at one time uh, affected the behavior. We're going to see what makes sense going forward. There's probably going to be a number of enhancements that we make. I, I did say that we're not going to make any significant changes to ComC, but there likely will be some tweaks. I'm, uh, for example, for how you submit something to auction, we may allow you to choose how long you want an auction to go live or which day of the week you want it to go live. We do want to give you a better experience right now. Uh, it's kind of a crapshoot when you send something to auction. We randomly assign a day of the week for you. But maybe if you're sending a big ticket item, you really want that item to end on a Sunday. Maybe you want it to be a 10-day auction or you want it to be a four five-day auction. So we're going to let you eventually control some of those settings. Um, again, I don't know how soon you're going to see that, but that likely will be prior to us completely rewriting the website. Uh, but our experience with eBay has been amazing. They've been very responsive to us. We regularly communicate with them. And uh, I think their service for auctions is something that I personally don't really want to have to replicate. Like the liability of an auction is, is eBay is providing a value to us. And so us not having any visibility into the bids, um, us not having to like make sure our services are live at the last second of an auction, like those liabilities, eBay, they've been doing this for decades. They do a great job. Uh, they also have all the eyeballs and that's what you really need for an auction is the eyeballs. So um, we, we've enjoyed using their auction service as well as listing fixed price items on eBay. And right now, in 2022, I think you'll see some more experimentation with the the ways that we allow you to do auctions on eBay. So you, you mentioned that the the time at which your card may be listed on eBay is sort of random. Mm -hmm. With PWCC no longer selling on eBay, mm -hmm. and PWCC used to have you know it was an event, and I was doing a live eBay ending auction coverage mm -hmm. for them on on Sports Cards Live, and really enjoyed mm -hmm. doing those types of shows. I still do it for them, but on their own on their own platform. Um, 
are you like, would you ever do something like that where you actually made an event out mm-hmm. of the eBay auction schedule? Maybe, you know, a Saturday or a Sunday night yeah. ending with cards that are maybe special. I remember a while back, I remember running into you at the uh, National. This is probably back in 20, I don't know, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. You were doing and uh, you had a, uh, you, you were kind of trying out something new called the vault. Yeah, because before there were before yeah. vaulting services were all the rage in our hobby. Um, and that was for sort of higher end cards. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you kind of, you know, you've kind of pushed out to the side when focusing on other things, but kind of reminds me of that. Would you consider doing something like that on eBay moving forward uh, with mm-hmm. your consigners items? Yeah, actually, I mentioned the experiment that we did in December and in January really enabled a lot of low end items. We want to continue doing more experiments and even focus on much higher end items, $10,000 plus items. So uh, we're likely going to be soliciting those items. If you have high dollar items, big ticket items, some of those um, cornerstone cards, we will likely be uh, opening up some option and doing some kind of an event. I don't know when, but... We will let you know, keep an eye on our blog, or um, if you want to reach out to us and say, hey, keep me in mind, uh, let us know. And then when we do those experiments, we'll make sure that you uh, have an opportunity to be incorporated. Okay, good. That, that'll be, that mm-hmm. could be exciting for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Sass says, I've been buying a bunch of golf cards from ComC lately. I think I need an intervention. Doesn't make sense to buy one card only with shipping rates, but very reasonable for multi-cards. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way for me. I remember the very old days on ComC when it was $3 flat. And I thought, how are they doing this? The the the, hu- the human re- requirement just to pick them is more than $3 for one card. So that was a big loss leader for a while. But uh, Stephen's on to something. It definitely makes sense to let your cards add up and then ship them out all together. That's the way I do it. Uh, Skeppy, uh, good question here. What, and I don't know the answer to this. Well, I, let me let me rephrase. My hunch is that you know eBay they ran their data, they ran their metrics, and 750 was kind of where on the curve it made the most sense to them. Um, and I don't know what you know how they assessed it, but that's where they landed. Do you have any insight, Tim? Why seven fifty is the threshold to start and two fifty yeah. later? Um, I I don't. It would be speculation, but I suspect it has to do with the um, the amount of fees that they're collecting and then needing to cover the cost of it. And that was probably where it made sense and it has a chance to be profitable. Okay, yeah, that's about all we can do is speculate on that. Uh, Carlisle wrote a really interesting comment here. He says, I want so badly to shoot a Tim's miniature basket on his door. (laughs) I noticed that earlier as well, Carlisle. Albert Jones asked me any mail day stuff this year. Well, I mentioned Chad Shipper's restaurant in Florida before. So Chad did send me a bunch of unopened packs of Three's Company because Uh, on a prior episode, I mentioned that it would be nice to pull uh, Jack Tripper, uh, Ralph Furley rookie card. And so uh, thanks to uh, Chad Shipper for hearing that and sending me what seems to be about 16 or so packs of Three's Company cards, which maybe we'll open up later on tonight. That's about it for me, Albert Jones. I did, you know what? I will show you guys one card quickly that uh, I've mentioned it before on the show. If you guys have watched this show before, you know that I, I have my personal collection and I have my inventory 
And uh, sometimes I go shopping in my own inventory. Well, I just bought this card for myself. Money didn't change hands, but you know, I, I give myself good credit, indefinite credit. But uh, I added this to my personal collection. It's a Yarimer Yager Upper Deck Premium Swatches out of 25 with a nice piece of patch. And I actually collected this set. And this was in a collection that I bought and I didn't have this card yet. So one more to the set. I think it puts me up to like 30 something cards from that set. Rich Frank says, keep it 100. I love Com C. Very nice, nice comment uh, from Rich Frank. Yes, Adam Lind, threes company cards, right? No doubt, no doubt. And Troy says, just love Com C Marketplace for selling all my extra cards. I'm not wanting. Thanks, Tim, for your service. Very nice. Thank you, Troy. Let's talk a bit about, there was another bit of news that came out in the last week or two, mm -hmm. Tim, um, that I think it's, this news has made people ask a lot of questions of mm -hmm. other companies, mm -hmm. including the question that came up earlier tonight about kind of commingling mm -hmm. funds on deposit with operating funds. And so Starstock, Starstock's mm -hmm. obviously gone through a bit of a, a bit. They've gone through some challenges. I don't know. I've seen what everyone else has seen. Mm -hmm. I don't know the, uh, you know, the behind the scenes detail, mm -hmm. but I do know that, you know, they, they, they've got, they've got to do some pivoting. They're doing some pivoting. They've had some layoffs. They've stopped in taking raw cards. I get, listen, I don't want to get into their, what's going on there too much. Cause we would be speculating mm -hmm. for the most part, but, and you mentioned a little bit about it earlier, that one of the things that you're thankful for is that you don't have any out, out external investors mm -hmm. to report to, to answer to. Uh, but at the same time, you have the challenge where you maybe don't have that you can't turn on the tap and bring in investment funds either. I guess the way I want to, where I want to take this is, you know, should the hobby be looking at all of the companies in the space and wondering, you know, just how healthy they are? And does it, is it, is it a fair, is the star stock experience, is it a fair, is it fair to kind of look at that and maybe now project it, elsewhere into the hobby and say you know is anyone else we had the marks cards thing these sure. guys are behind whatever i've heard a million dollars in fees they just don't have the money so you know what what do you think are, are these a couple things do you think that this is an issue that that we're going to hear more events of but mm -hmm. also and this is kind of my take when these things happen like if you look at what happened in with enron and worldcom yeah. you know these mm -hmm. were issues that invest that, that affected investors worldwide mm -hmm. And what came out of it really was the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which was which brought into mm -hmm. in, into play all these new controls that publicly listed companies have to deal with. So what happened? What what happened was somebody did something wrong or did something bad, and it affected everybody. Really, some would say for the better, some mm -hmm. might say for the worse, but it impacted things for the better because the the system tightened up. Yeah. And I wonder if you know PSA is going to make changes to the group subbing because of Mark's cards. Maybe uh, maybe the Starstock um, issue will, will be a lesson for other people to learn from. So I feel like these events should strengthen the hobby moving forward. Even that that case of of um, Pokemon that wasn't that wasn't real, that, that, that wasn't authentic. That's going to cause systems to tighten up people to become more more to, to apply more scrutiny to everything. So. All that said, I've been rambling here for about four mm -hmm. minutes now. I'll let I'll just turn it over to you. What yeah. do you think of all that? So for sure, over the last several years, there's been a lot of new players in our industry, and it's hard to create businesses. 
anytime someone starts a business, it's very, very challenging. The odds are stacked against you. Um, with services that are very similar to ours, like Starstock, um, I've always been very concerned that uh, I don't want people to have a bad taste of our type of service. And it sounds like they're going to do everything to honor getting cards shipped to people. They're going to honor the store credit. They're going to do the right thing. And I, I commend them for that. And I think that's very important for the hobby. It's something that we've taken very seriously. And I've always thought a lot about that. People are trusting me with their cards. I want to make sure that they can always get access to them. They can always get access to their funds. So any service like ours that's handling people's cards for them, it's super important that you think very strategically about the long-term success of the hobby, not just your, your business. And it's good that they're taking an opportunity to pivot now while they still have maybe a, a runway to do something different and still maintain a reasonable experience. Now, maybe you can't continue using them the way you did in the past, but you should still be able to get your cards back. Um, there even services like eTops, which was decades ago, you can still get your eTops cards. Like they tried something new and I welcome that people are trying new things. We want that uh, uh, opportunity to, in, to bring new people into the industry, to think about the industry a little bit differently, but then recognize that not every business model is going to work. There's going to be things that you experiment with. We, You just mentioned the vault service that we offered probably seven years ago. And then we failed fast. We realized that it made things too confusing. We had two different uh, price points, two different fee structures. And it was better to just merge all of our focus into our core website. And uh, it sounds like uh, Starstock is going to do their they're pivoting. They're going to figure out what's the right fit so that you can create a, a profitable business. Um, while I love the industry and I wish I could do it for free, we have to be profitable because uh, I don't have unlimited money to just pay people to do things. So it's we've we've always had to be very careful with the services. And I know people sometimes complain about the fees. We charge them so that we can continue offering these services. And uh, with other businesses, when you're starting a business model, often you'll start with a promotional service. We, at one point, offered processing for 10 cents. We learned within like six months that we couldn't keep up with the business and we had to increase the, the fee that we charge people for processing. Starstock started with free processing and then they had to add a fee to it. Like Companies always have to pivot and adapt, especially when they're young and they, they're uh, developing their business model. Um, so I, I hope anybody else uh, that's doing a similar service to ours, any consignment services, you're taking notes, you're making sure that uh, you're you're taking care of customers. Um, as far as uh, companies like uh, Mark's Cards and what happened with uh, PSA, uh, it's, I mean, I guess we could end up with similar things. We don't charge people until they uh, deposit, we deposit cards into their account. And that's why when people have a negative balance on ComC, we stop putting cards in their account and encourage them to fund their accounts so that we don't have to carry so many balances, but we're not, we have nobody with a million dollar balance with us. That's, 
we're in a very different space than, than other companies. Uh, but I think this is just one of those things where you're, we're in a space that's exciting. There's lots of money, lots of new ideas. Some businesses are going to fail. And it is a wake-up call for people as you're looking at services that you're going to try, pay attention to how mature the business is. And with us, from when we first started, I always recommended people start with the cards they didn't care about. And I don't remember who it was. Someone commented, I love Comp C. It's a great way to get rid of the cards I don't want. Um, whenever trying a new service, you always want to try them out with things that you're, you're not going to be out on the street if things go south. Um, and then over time, as companies earn their reputation, as you trust them, then you give them better and better things. And that's what we've seen at ComC. People have trusted us. And now they're sending us uh, higher dollar items. They're sending us more items. And we, we always want to uh, really uh, make sure that people, a kid, they, they don't feel pressured into using the service. They feel comfortable using the service and know that we're going to do everything we can to, to take good care of people. But I think um, all, all the startups in our industry uh, definitely take this as an opportunity to look at your models and make sure that you're going to take good care of the customers, even if you have to pivot your business model. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. Going to go to some more uh, questions, comments. Scott says, what are your thoughts about allowing for fractional sales on higher end cards listed on ComC in the future? Um, that's an interesting idea. I mean, prior to other companies offering fractional, people used to come to us with this idea. Since other companies have started doing fractional services, uh, I haven't actually, um, I haven't considered ComC doing it because now I see what it takes to do this. Because once you start doing fractional, that becomes a security. And if anything, what's probably more likely is that we would integrate with another service that does this. Um, so that could be a, a way that we maybe uh, allow them to do all the legal things to set up. I think you need like a whole LLC. There's all sorts of stuff you have to do to make these uh, the fractional shares. And there are some good services that do. Uh, that allow you to convert a high-end item into a security. Um, and just like we, in the past, allowed you to send stuff off for grading, we expect to do that in the future, it may make sense for us to integrate another service that offers that fractional piece. Uh, and I, I've always uh, wanted to be a neutral party in our industry, trying to be a platform that welcomes innovation and does... Uh, integration with other services so i'm more than open to to doing something like that where we um maybe allow people to use their comc store credit to buy shares or to take a card on comc and convert but uh it does look like there's quite a bit of stuff that uh, needs to be done to make something fractional the right way yeah i mean i work with uh collectible one of the leaders in fractional in 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 the space and uh I mean, it's uh, it seems to they see it seems to be covered right now, but uh, you know, integrating something like that could definitely uh, be fun, and, and I'd love to hear about about it if it were to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I want to uh, bring up this. Oh, so just quickly to Dennis Leclerc, we did talk about this. Uh, it's a possibility trading on the site. Uh, Tim 
mentioned it's, it could be possible. Mm -hmm. Skeppy has this one here, Tim. He says, when I receive ComC cards, it appears that the card is located in, in and inventoried as a bin location system. How do you see this scaling in the market and how far behind is the competition versus ComC? Um, uh, uh, you're not correct. Um, I'll leave it at that. It's our system is very elaborate and we are quite a ways ahead of any competition. Um, we, we designed our system from day one, knowing that we were going to have many different people own every different item anywhere in our inventory. Uh, so it, yeah, anyhow, we've had to build a lot of things that are not public. Maybe we'll show how some of this works uh, in the future, but um that I mentioned is part of the iceberg. You guys see the top 10%, 90% is all the systems that we have to have in place to keep track of ownership, location. Uh, there's a lot that goes into managing. Now, I mean, there's 27 million items actively for sale on ComC and many, many more beyond that. We have a lot that we keep track of for the Upper Deck EPAC system as well. And many cards are not even for sale. They're sitting in people's accounts. So we're probably north of 50 million cards that we're managing right now. All right. Sounds good to me. Okay. Let's uh, let's go to... You sent over some graphs to me. I wanted, I wanted to talk mm -hmm. because it was really interesting. We had... We had a few uh, interesting kind of um, market effects lately. You know, you had Joe Burrow winning the big game. And what, hap what, ha what happens to his cards on Com C after winning a big game? What happens to Patrick Mahomes' cards mm -hmm. after losing a big game? What happens to Tom Brady cards after announcing retirement? All these things that I think are really interesting. You've actually got some really timely data at your fingertips mm -hmm. uh, that might provide some insight so you did we talked about this you kind of you went away you put it together some graphs on a few of these players that i just mentioned i'm going to share the screen and i'm going to let you speak through them and let mm -hmm. us know kind of what they mean and what happened um during uh the these events so i'm going to go mm -hmm. ahead and we're going to start with tom brady so um to everybody who's watching this is some this is the graph that that uh tim prepared mm -hmm. so We've got the, actually, I'll let you explain sure. it. What do the orange and the blue lines mean? Yeah, so I wanted to see if uh, the amount of money people were spending was the tell or just the fact that cards were exchanging hands gave us some insight. So the blue line is the number of transactions that happened. And the uh, orange is the amount of money that's spent. I had to normalize the data. So really what I did is took, all the money that was spent over the course of the football season. And each week, I just figured out what percentage was spent in that week or what percentage of items were exchanged hand in that week. So it's all these charts are, um, I, I got rid of the axis because it doesn't really mean anything. Um, this is just showing you the trends of interest in Tom Brady cards and how that changed week to week. Uh, and you can see, Towards the end of the season, uh, even after his loss, 
there's still sustained interest because Tom Brady's in the news because he retired because he's Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, not surprisingly, we've seen an uptick uh, in in Tom Brady sales, both the number of items that sold and then the total dollars that people are spending on Tom, Tom Brady cards as well. Yeah, and I, I believe the the rumors about the retirement came out right yeah. around here. So mm-hmm. as soon as that news comes out, things spike quite a bit, mm-hmm. even though they were there were yeah. you know there were increases before, you know, up and down, up and down, and then then here come the increases of the playoffs come. And, and, closer, and then retirement announced. Yeah. And actually you, uh, so you'll see in other ones, generally the week after they lose is when you see the drop off in sales. And even though he lost, we see an increase. So you can attribute a lot of the increase to the retirement announcement. And, and he is Tom Brady. So there's something to be said for that. Okay. Let's go to the next one. We have Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. here. So this is this yeah. is great. I mean, a big spike when there's you know a win, some potential to maybe go to the Super Bowl or move on, and then whoosh, uh, just a, a massive drop. So yeah. what do you make of this? I think this is actually another example. Both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have more going on than just their wins and losses. Aaron Rodgers was in the news with a lot of negative press, and you see his drop premature. So he like the he had a win and his his uh his sales still decreased and then he lost and they decreased even more yeah yeah and i you know what i wanted this like i kind of i kind of wish that i knew exactly what happened each of these weeks mm-hmm. and i didn't just didn't have time to yeah. go through and figure that out so i'm sure some people watching yeah. in the chat yeah. are listening well if you're listening you're not seeing these graphs so i yeah. apologize and but for watching for, for reference if you do want to anal- analyze these what I did for each week is I looked at the data from um, Saturday through Friday. So it's not exa- it's not like a Sunday to Sunday week because a lot of games happen on Saturday. So basically you see um, people will buy cards leading up to the game and excitement for the game. They'll buy cards during the game. And then after the loss or the win, things will go up or down. And that'll kind of fizzle out throughout the week. What happens during the week? There's a lot of increased activity on weekends for football, not surprisingly. Um, And so what I did is I just lumped all of the weekdays in with the previous weekend. Got Makes sense. Okay. And I'm again, I'm sure that a lot of people watching will be able to make uh, sort of better heads or tails or even provide a better analysis of some of this than we're than we're doing it justice for right now but uh still fun to present it let's keep going here's justin herbert one of the mm-hmm. big pro you know uh up and comers in the league and mm-hmm. um i mean we have this huge increase over here this huge mm-hmm. run up and I'm, I'm guessing he won some games in weeks uh three four and five a massive drop here and then pretty steady throughout so again I don't really have much commentary on Justin Herbert here, mm-hmm. but uh, is there anything else that when you were putting this together, Tim, that jumped out at you? Um, it, it is interesting to see that uh, maybe, I don't know how much this is because of activity, but it's just um, interesting to see how some weeks people are buying higher dollar items. You can tell that because the pers- the dollars the orange line is above the blue line so people are are paying a premium they're buying more expensive items 
And when it goes up, you can see in the the last week or this last week and in that spike, um, people were buying the big ticket items. They weren't just buying things in bulk. They At least in this case, maybe when they wanted to speculate, they bought the bigger ticket items to speculate. All right, let's see who's next. I'm not sure. Who do we have next? Joe Burrow. This should be fun. Oh, you can already see the orange peeking up from the bottom there, everybody. But let's show the whole thing. So this is not surprising at all. Mm-hmm. And it's all. it also, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the hype and to get caught up in the excitement, right? And you can see how many people, both the orange and the blue, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just spiked last week, it looks like. And mm-hmm. so... You know, it. it I, I'm not. I don't know what's going to happen to the right of this graph, mm-hmm. but I just just lets you know that you know you sure wish you got in in weeks uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 there. But mm-hmm. what does this tell you, Tim? Well, here it's again both numbers are spiking together, so people are just buying everything. They're buying all of his cards, not just the high end cards, and. Again, I mentioned speculation tends to, and you can actually see this a little bit. I think some people were speculating in week 18 because they bought bigger ticket items. But now it's not, I mean, yes, it's a little bit of speculation. Of, I hope that he's going to win. But a lot of people are just buying it because they like Joe Burrow because he's doing something phenomenal. His team is getting further in. He's he's accomplished. You're not speculating when it's based on accomplishments. So that I, I would think, that the fact that many cards sold across all price points, then it means like it's not it, like people are fans. Like they became fans. They wanted to buy his cards. Makes sense. I mean, and he's, and he's got some swag too. So uh, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, and, I, and I do have to say one caveat. I don't follow football at all. So I'm making up this a hundred percent. Like literally all of this is made up. I don't have any clue. I've never watched Joe Burrow play a game. So that's just me looking at the numbers and speculating. Right. But I mean, just looking at this graph, it was like, it was like, um, which one was it up here for Justin Herbert? I mean, I, I, I don't remember what happened. I wasn't following Herbert early in the season. I'm not a huge football fan either, but this here tells me that he was winning games or he had some, a big game, you know, through for five TDs or, 400 mm-hmm. yards or something like that. So you can you can tell a lot by looking at the data without no without having firsthand uh, information or being a fan and following it week to week. So there's Joe Burrow. This one I was expecting to see that. And next we have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So this is a fun one. Well, fun. I don't want to say fun. If you're invested, I you know mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's fun to say. But mm-hmm. you have a, you obviously have playoffs coming. Mm-hmm. You you get into the playoffs. You win the first game and then you lose and the the attention turns from Patrick Mahomes to Joe Burrow. Is yeah. that how you interpret this? Yes, I think that it's also interesting to note. This was actually one of the highlights I did see, and I totally understand why the prices went crazy uh, after the division uh, championships. But it's interesting, even when things cooled off after his loss, it's still higher than it was previously. Like it didn't just drop off the planet. Like it's still a higher pace. It'll be interesting to see how it trends going forward, but he's clearly an amazing quarterback. Definitely. And you know what? It brings me back to last year when his cards were spiking going into the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl, 
and then they fall down. They fall off. It yeah. seems like the best time, yeah. the worst time to buy is when everybody's buying. Joe, yeah. right now is probably not the best time yeah. to buy Joe Burrow. You're better off to wait a, a any wait anything. Wait a couple of days. Wait wait a wait until the Super Bowl is over. If he yeah. wins the Super Bowl, the best time to buy Joe Burrow is not over the next week. Yeah. The best time to drive by. Well, listen, if he wins the Super Bowl, actually, it doesn't even matter what happens in the Super Bowl. Right now is not the best time to buy Joe Burrow, yeah. I don't think. One of the um, quotes that I heard from a manager I had a long time ago, he was speaking about the stock market. He said, uh, people buy on speculation and they sell on fact. And that happens with cards as well. As people are going into a game, there's excitement, there's interest. Once the event happens, then it's it's behind. Now, there could be some phenomenal thing that happens that caught people by surprise and things can continue going up from there. But usually people over speculate. They get really excited going up. And even if they win, like you saw this with Giannis, Giannis wins the MVP and his his cards didn't continue going up in value. Yeah, right. And I wonder if part of it is because this stuff is, is as we say, it's already baked in. Yeah, so. they, they, yeah, they people figured it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see who we, let's see who's next on here. Josh Allen. Okay, so I love look at up down up down win loss win loss. That's what I'm seeing. I don't remember what happened, but I win. <laughs> I bet we go win loss win loss. <laughs> nothing nothing crazy impressive, and then you know. Playoffs come, spike, spike. Well, not, these are spikes. These are more just, mm-hmm. you know, rises, in, increases, and then lose and come back down. Mm-hmm. Again, I believe it's attention shifting. Mm-hmm. I think you could put it all onto Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Take take away the Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes. I think it all went to Joe yeah. Burrow. Sort of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then what do we finish off here? Kyler Murray. That's a that's a, a just a dirty looking graph. <laughs> some some crazy volatility i don't i mean i i I remember hearing how how great he was all season long and looks like there was a bit of ups and downs here but uh i guess if you flatten this curve it's just you know going to kind of look like like that or so something like that you you can see at the end of the season it looks like people dumped his cards yeah a huge increase in cards but the amount of money spent was a lot less willing to let them go for cheaper than before and uh, Matt Stafford, well, there we go. It's someone who has had some recent success. I mean, looks yeah. like a lot of attention went to Matt Stafford, and he was dormant for feels like like a, a decade. It feels yeah. like no no one was buying his cards were were flat. So, any uh, any insights on this graph? Well, I, I mean, I again, I didn't follow football. I didn't even know who was going to the Super Bowl, and I looked at these charts, and I immediately knew who was going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly so. exactly all right i think the last one that you brought in was dak yeah. prescott mm-hmm. so uh i can't say much about dak prescott i don't believe the cowboys did much this season so um this is probably just your a, a very representative mm-hmm. um chart and activity based on a, a season that an unspectacular season yeah. yeah and you can see again right at the end of the season 18 week 18 going to wild card all of a sudden there's a spike in the volume of cards changing hands 
but a decrease in the amount that people are spending. So someone was just offloading, didn't want to hold on to his cards until next season. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's end, end this part of the show there. Uh, that's some interesting stuff. Now, a couple comments came out of it that I want to, uh, I want to bring up. So uh, Darren here says any new analytical tools that ComC might be affording account holders. And I mean, it's a great yeah. question to ask at this time, because here we are looking at data um, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that Darren asked this question. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be something that we release before the website gets rewritten. I, this is the thing I was hinting at. We have built some features that give you some insights into historical uh, data. Uh, it's not necessarily powerful analytics tools that some uh, other companies uh, offer, but uh, just to give you some more insight into historical trends, we do have a feature that's built. Um, and as I mentioned, we're working on some of the tech infrastructure as we feel confident that the site can handle um, some of the extra demands for some of this analytics. Uh, we hope to launch that probably before we do the complete website rewrite. So okay. there, there likely will be something here this year. That's awesome. Awesome. Darren makes another comment uh, and he's referring to this right here. He says, yeah, that graph pretty much describes all of us Packers fans belief in ever winning another Super Bowl. Sorry for that situation for you, Darren. Uh, okay. Keeping on moving here. Rich Klein says Joe Burrow has more playoff wins as a quarterback in 15 days than Dak, Dak Prescott in six seasons. Uh, Zegra says there are apps out there trying to charge you for this sort of info. Very cool. Would be sort of interesting to see information like this on some second tier stars, players, not just the top mm-hmm. names. Fair comment, Zegra. Mm-hmm. Fair comment. Beva says Mahomes, Brady, Giannis baked in. Could Burrow be the except be exception first player to get to champ level since the hobby explosion? I mean, maybe you've got to, got to think about it, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, well, he was the first pick overall, so that you know, it's not like he came out of left field, but he is, um, he is definitely uh, doing well, really, mm-hmm. kind of right out of the gate. So good, good for Joe Burrow for sure, for sure. All right, good stuff, good stuff, everybody. Awesome. Uh, let me just have a quick look at my notes here, Tim, and see if there was anything else that we wanted to chat before we wrap up. We're at, we're at an hour and fifty, so I don't mind keeping you for another ten minutes or so. Why don't we kind of end with this topic? A um, couple of things, actually. So your general feel for the temperature of the hobby as we move into 2022, are you bullish on the hobby still? I think it is going to continue to increase throughout this year, not at the same pace as the last two years, but faster than it increased prior. I'm very bullish long term. The whims of any given week or month with the macro environment are hard to predict. Yeah. Yeah, agree. You know, we talked about it a bit earlier. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I think 2022 will be crazier just overall in terms mm-hmm. of headlines and newsworthy yeah. events and transactions. I think it's, I mean, listen, the Fanatics news, the Fanatics basically uh, hijacking the licenses right out mm-hmm. from under Tops and Panini was mm-hmm. the, I think it, to me, it's the biggest news I've ever heard yeah. in the hobby. Then Fanatics acquiring Tops. I mean, that's huge news, yeah. but it, but in hindsight, it's like, 
obvious. Yeah, obviously. yeah. <laughs> it makes so yeah. much sense yeah. Yeah. that they buy tops versus Panini yeah. or even Upper Deck because yeah. tops is just tops yeah. is yeah. Americana. It's the it, it makes sense. I think it was important for that to happen. I, there's so much worry when people thought like, what if tops? baseball cards don't exist like most of us in the hobby have never lived a day without tops baseball cards so like the thought of a future without tops baseball cards does like make people question what they're what they're collecting so i think knowing that tops is in good hands for the long-term future is good for the hobby yeah i i, I think that makes sense to me as well it it it, it did it just made so much sense when that was announced, like, well, yeah, obviously they're going to buy tops, <laughs> right? Um, are you going to be at the Mint Collective in uh, March in Las Vegas? Yes, I will be there. We, we have a few of us that are going to that. So, yeah, I will be at the Mint Collective. All right, good, good. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, well, listen, anything else you wanted to uh, discuss or tell the audience or, mm-hmm. speak, or speak to your customers directly on uh, while we have you here? Because we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, um, I guess one thing that would be kind of cool, this year we did a exercise to really figure out what ComC's core values are. I mentioned our mission is to optimize joy for collectors, but we wanted to think about what are the key things that are super important for us as a company, some things that we look for in employees that we want to hire, and we want to make sure are just foundational principles at ComC. And what we came up with, and this was a collaboration with uh, the executive team at, at ComC and some key uh, team members throughout ComC, is our, our foundation at ComC is um, that, that we are uh, integrous. So integrity is the, the base foundation that everything is built on. We, every customer needs to be able to trust us. We need to be able to trust our employees. So that's a key for us. On top of that, we layer loyalty. Loyalty is super important. We want to make sure that we're taking care of our customers. We want to make sure each of you wants to come back. It's harder to win a customer than it is to keep a customer. It's harder to find a new employee than to keep an employee. So loyalty is another foundational principle for ComC. On top of that, if you've used any of our shipping or listing services, you'll understand why accuracy is super important for us. So uh, the next key core value for ComC is accuracy. We make sure all of our employees when they're coming up to speed, when they're learning things, they focus on doing things accurately. And then the next piece is layering on efficiency. We want to offer our service to as many people as possible. So we make sure all of our employees are looking to uh, increase their efficiency so that we can offer the service as cost uh, competitively as possible. And to do that, we often need uh, to do um, uh, innovation. So that's our next core value at ComC. So we have these layers of be accurate, be efficient, and innovate. Think outside the box. How can we do things so that uh, we can uh, improve, not just repeating the same thing before, but ch- change things up. And so we want all the employees at the company to, to look for ways to be uh, be innovative. And the, the top thing, uh, the, the last core value at ComC is that we have fun. So it, if we're trying to make 
uh, joy for our customers a priority, we better not just like put our heads down and get burnt out. We have to have fun as well. So uh, that's the core that ComC is building on. If you want to come join ComC and be a part of this culture, uh, we welcome you. And then as collectors, people enjoying our services, I want you to know what culture we're building, what we're trying to do to help make sure that we can be here for you for the long term. So that, that's kind of the last thing I wanted to wrap up with here. All right. No, I, uh, that's great. I mean, Albert Jones says, love the mission goals, values of ComC. I think you articulated them well. And, uh, and you know, it's one thing to say them and announce them. And then it's another thing to, to, you know, to do them. And I have full faith that you will. I know, I know what kind of person you are. And so I have faith in you guys. And part, I think part of it is also is that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get caught again, like everybody did with uh with a, a crazy change in the world that that kind of turns you upside down so i think by rolling out these the mission the goals the values being in integrous is going to help you um you know really handle the next big if there is ever again something like we saw in 2020 um should put you in a better position for that we're going to just a couple more oh and you did mention earlier so uh malka labelle says i need a job so to malka and anyone else out there uh tim did mention earlier if you do want a job send your resume to i think he said hr at comc.com yep hr at comc.com and just let them know what your skills are if it's not for any particular uh job posting that they have jake still wants to know where is comc located i'll let you answer that yeah. one we are in the Seattle area. We also, I mentioned, have an office in Canada, in the Vancouver area. And we have employees all over the U.S. and Canada. Many of our job openings can be done remotely. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, right outside of the Seattle area. Okay, there we go. There we go. Uh, this is going backwards a little bit, but any hints you can give us as to the biggest growth year to date on ComC? By category, soccer, wrestling, racing, UFC, hockey, football. Um, I'd have to go look at the numbers. I know, honestly, those categories were the largest the last time I checked. I was on a podcast like six months ago, and uh, wrestling and soccer stood out. Um, but I, I haven't looked recently, so I don't know that off the top of my head. All right. Okay. No problem. Frank Schneider. Thanks, Tim and Jeremy. Fantastic show. Thank you, Frank Schneider. Skeppy says, thank you, Tim. Excellent. Thank you, Skeppy. As always, Malka, thank you for joining. Lots of check marks. Jake's toe is in Spokane. There you go. Not too hey. far away. Not too far away. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Look at the ticker. It's been rolling pretty much all night. Follow ComC on Instagram at check out my cards for latest updates, events, and promotions. And check out the show calendar. Yeah. I always love seeing Barry at the expo. And I know uh, previously the summit, I'm sure he'll be at the expo in Edmonton in April, the expo in Toronto in June. Looking forward to that. So, uh, and people that are asking if there's after hours, oh, Rich Klein says fun show. Thank you very much. Um, there is no plan for an after hour show, everybody, but, uh, I mean, I guess I could come back and just have some, uh, you know, chat interaction. So, uh, keep your eye on the channel for the next 15 or so minutes. And if I pop back up, I pop back up, uh, but no promises. I do, I do want to open up these threes company cards. So maybe, maybe we'll do that. We'll let Tim go. 
and uh, perhaps be back. Uh, thank you, Darren. Appreciate that. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that as well. I love this guy's name, Jake's Toe. I, for all I know, his his last his first name is Jake. His last name is Stowe, but I read it as Jake's Toe. All right. Polka heading to the casino. Green turns to gold. Good luck. Good luck at the <laughs> casino. <laughs> all right. Tim, this was great. Are, are you you're good? Yes, we're good. All right. I, I appreciate you coming on again. This has been a lot of fun. I think we great we provided some great information. You did to the uh to the to the chat, to the audience, to your customers who did tune in. Darren is holding up uh, his lighter right now, like you <laughs> like you would at a concert. Love it, Darren. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Stay tuned in case I'm back for, for after hours in like 10 minutes max. We'll see. Probably will. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Collectible live tomorrow on the Collectible TV YouTube channel, 7 o'clock Eastern. Looking forward to that. A, a very cool uh, ticket collector will be joining. So lots to learn there. Burry Klein, looking forward to that. And again, next week on the show, Nick Sapiro. All right, Tim, you hang tight right there. Everybody, very good night. Very A couple comments before I end it, though. Tower says, great show. Appreciate the open dialogue. Yeah, that was great. Rock Latex says, chat Chat seems friendlier this time when compared to the last time. That's really no surprise. Comsi has made great strides, and I'm, I'm proud to have Tim on and be able to present him to everybody here uh, tonight. All right, guys. Tim, hang tight. Everybody else, thank you for tuning in. This show is over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.